When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. I'm your host, J-Mac. My co-host on the side, D-Mac. You guys know you can catch us, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you stream your podcast on, you can find us. Just search Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. And you can also find us on social media, whether it's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, at McCordy Twins. We're there and we're live. Deb, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas, J-Mac. This is Christmas time of year. This will be the show you watch on Christmas Day. It doesn't doesn't really feel like Christmas for me. Like, I'm I'm a Northeast guy, born in New York, raised in New York, New York, New Jersey, now is home. I'm out here in sunny South Florida, and (laughs) it's a few days until Christmas, and it's 85 degrees, and it's sunny. Like, it just just doesn't feel real. Like, you turn on Christmas movies, and it's snow, it's cold, it's winter jackets, it's scarves, it's hats, it's mittens, it's gloves, and I'm out here, and it's it's beautiful. Like, I told my wife, I'm like, we need to go to the beach Christmas morning, like, like, just just because. Is that going to be like the new McCourty thing, Beach, beach on Christmas Day? I feel like yeah, but I'm still in a boot. So like my scooter is that not gonna real make sandy. it. Yeah, it's that, not gonna that. make it in the sand. So it's just like I, I, I've been struggling because I, I, I want to go to the beach though. But like my wife told me that I should take a grocery bag and put it over top of my boot. That way it don't get no sand in it. So now like I'm in uh, swimming trunks, no shirt with a Walmart bag over top of my boot. Like that just don't, that don't feel like beach attire to me. Like, I let's just, go, like, let's go bougie. Let's get a Target bag. Let's get a Target bag. I'm just saying. Uh, that, I mean, that could be a good idea. I'm just saying like, sh- hey, big shout out to Target uh, here in New England. Um, Target came through big for us, me. Kyle Vannoy, Dietrich Wise, along with Brandon Copeland. Uh, we sponsored a, a bunch of kids from the Mattapan Teen Center to go to Target shopping spree, uh, connecting with We Belong as well, another or a great organization here. Uh, and we got to go shopping. And then uh, another event with Brockton, the community of Brockton, through William Allen. Uh, we're going to also let the kids go on a shopping spree um, coming up here this week. So it's been we've been shopping spreeing it up for Christmas. Same, same, uh, same here. here same here. Same here. Shout out, like you said, to We Belong, Brandon Copeland. He, he, he does this throughout the league. Different teammates, former teammates on different teams. Uh, he does this shopping thing. We partnered with Target as well here. Me and my guy, Brendan Scarlett, uh, we did it with the Covenant House in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, surprised some kids. We got on Zoom to talk to them. They're going shopping this afternoon uh, for Christmas. So great things being done December, uh, by Brandon Copeland. December to remember. To remember. Yes, exactly. Yes. 
Yes. And we yes, used to think indeed. that meant you were getting a Lexus. Boy, were we wrong. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But and in, in, in the spirit of Christmas, gift giving. We had a huge discussion this week in the training room. What's the uh-huh. right gift to give? I'm married, been married for a while. Me and my wife, we don't always exchange Christmas gifts. We talk about it, you know, it's like, you know what? It's coming from the same account. We got three kids. We got plenty of nieces, nephews, cousins, Ray raising them and all of these people that we gotta buy gifts for, for the holidays. You know what? Let's just save the gifts for each other, not do it. We can book a trip somewhere, get an experience. But this was discussion in the training room. What is the right gift to give your girlfriend? Not really wife status yet but your girlfriend you don't want to do too much you don't want to do too little one guy on the team said his fiance's pregnant that was his gift the gift Ooh. that's going to be given for the next 18 years now it might have just been training room talk you know how that goes he might go home and there might be a special little box under the tree who knows but Dev, what is the right gift you're in that phase where you're not ready for marriage you're what do you get the girlfriend well let us know well, do- well, do your pockets hang low because all of that money you got sitting in there? Because if so, she probably going to tell you the top five designers, clothing, bags, shoes. She going to tell you where to go to get all of that. Because if she tell you where to go, then you better come through with that. So now me, I know when I had a girlfriend, she used to always drive up here. My now wife, she used to drive up here from uh, she was in med school. So she was doing her thing too. drive up here and have to drive right back. Her car wasn't too great for that experience. So me, best gift I've ever given, I came through with a car. Red boated up. Oh December December to remember. But I was the type of guy that when she was my girlfriend, I knew she would become my wife. I don't know what y'all got down in Miami. Miami is hey, a wild, it ain't, it ain't, it's a wild it ain't place. tricking if you got it. It ain't tricking if you got it. You know, I'm going to keep this in the football realm. We used to do a secret Santa uh, every year in Tennessee. One year I got a rookie, uh, Corey Riggs. He was a huge Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, fan. So what I did for the offseason, I bought him uh, front row tickets to a Laker game and then got him a flight voucher. So for me, it was just like, hey, what similar to you, what can I get that is going to become an experience? So for him, he got to fly across the country, got to go to the Laker game, front row seats. And I was like, you know what? That's going to be a great experience. Take whatever other person he wanted, whether it was a girlfriend, a brother, or whoever. So to me, that was probably one of the better gifts uh, I've given over the years uh, for Christmas. But I, I, I'm with you, Dev. I'm all about the experiences. Whatever you can do to grant an experience. Experience goes far beyond whatever material thing, although yours was a pretty hefty material thing at that. But I'm sure safety, it was a great safety, Christmas. Exactly. Safety comes first. And uh, I agree with you. Now, me and my wife, we don't exchange gifts. Why? Because she has Christmas all the time. Anytime we go out somewhere, she pops up as a new bag or it's something. I'm like, oh, wow, I've never seen that. Oh, I bought that a few months ago. Oh, well, you know what I tell her right after that? Merry Christmas. You got your Christmas gift. So I do think it, I mean, I think it's all on how you view gift giving. I think Christmas is an awesome season to go out there and impact the lives of other people, especially when you've been blessed uh, with certain things in life you get to experience uh, and do that maybe you didn't always get to do. Like me playing in the NFL, some of the best blessings and things that I never thought I would experience, try to pass those on. Uh, And I think that is the beauty of Christmas. And I've been reading a devotional that talks about what if the things we do in December, call it from December 15th to 20th, 
to the new year, all of the, the, the happy, you know, oh, let me hold a door for you. Let me buy you a, a cup of coffee. Let me pay for what if we did that for the rest of the 11 months? And I think that was just a, a great concept to think about how we can impact other people's lives, not just in December around Christmas time. Great time to do it. But how can we do that all the time? Just thinking about others. Uh, and that's something I've been trying to challenge myself with going forward into 2022. But we can hit the New Year's resolutions next week on the next episode. I like that. You've just challenged me. Challenge accepted. I'm going to hold the door. I'm going to smile in somebody's face for the next 12 months once we get through December until December comes back up. But let's talk a little football. The hold, on, AFC- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not ready yet. How oh. how are your elf or your elf or elves doing in the McCourty household? Man, he's all over the place. Uh, he's just he's in a tree right now. He's on ceilings. Uh, I'm still getting used to this guy because when I was growing up, there was nobody watching from all these different places. Somebody's watching. Somehow he finds a way to mosey on around the house. Kids run down the steps every morning to see where he's at. So it's it's quite the experience, man. I, I just I just try to stay out of his way, to be honest with you. Yeah, for you as that for you guys that don't know, we're talking Elf on the Shelf. We got elite Elf on the Shelf guys. Shout out to Larry Guy who really put us onto the Elf on the Shelf. Like J Mac said, no Elf on the Shelf growing up. What is your Elf's name, J Mac? Um, what is his name? Shell shop, shell shop, shell shop. Uh, like, like from, your video, from Ninja Turtles, like Ninja uh, Turtles. Okay. You go to my Instagram page, you'll see me and the kids performing. Uh, knock, knock, you about to get shell shot. And now that's awesome. My my elves are chilling. The elves were actually in the office the other day, looking through the windows, watching the kids. Right now, they're up on a chandelier. We got Fred, Natalie, and the newest elf that ju- they just met. This elf a couple days ago. My guy Biscuit came to uh to hold chase down so uh we got three elves running wild Fred. yeah natalie and fred they sound it's, like, it's, fam- sound like it's family the, members it's in the book it's in the book so that, that's what they chose they met the elves and they was like man i said what name do you like and we're reading the book and they were like fred natalie i was like oh that probably wouldn't be the names i picked they tried to change it this year but i think london tried to change it to uni or ooey and i was like come on nobody's gonna remember that so we oh, we had to stick with that's natalie. terrible that's terrible. All right, now, but now we could get yeah, into now we get that's into a, that's a good that's a good way to get off that when when you give those type of names. But like I was saying, the AFC picture is unfolding. It is a big mosh of teams that are in the hunt. You guys played the Colts. I would have very much liked for you guys to defeat the Colts. Gives us as Miami Dolphins a better chance. But we're still grinding. We won our game. This past Sunday versus the Jets, you guys had a very hard fought, very odd Saturday night game. Didn't know when they started playing just random Saturday night games. <laughs> but I will say very good game. D-Mag with the nice tip drill. Oski, Oski interception. I was fired up on the couch. I had to remember that I cannot stand up on that right foot or I will fall down. So I had to fist pump it just from sitting down on the couch. Ooh, great play. Pump. Yeah, great play. For you guys, you're not even thinking that far ahead. Just on to the next one with a huge game coming up uh, versus Buffalo. Um, I'll be watching closely because we're impacted as well down here, like I said, in South Florida as Miami Dolphins people. So big game for you guys coming up. I mean, as football fans, is this not what it's all about? I think I read 
Um, I don't know how long, though, but this has been the most teams with this amount of wins in a long time. There's not many teams who are math- mathematically out of the playoff picture. Yeah. I know Chicago was just eliminated with the loss to the Vikings. Um, I believe the Jets might have got a elim- No, I don't remember. There was one other team that I saw was eliminated from the playoff picture. But there's not many teams. And I know it gets dicey a little bit around here where there's still some teams in it, but it's going to be hard. But as a football fan, this is what you love. You love to turn on games in December and early January. And every game means so much. It either means about seedings or it means about making the playoffs, winning the division. Now, like it's what football is about. It's the ultimate competition. Right now kind of turns into the college football season. One loss mm. is a big deal. No matter yeah. what happened earlier in the year, everything comes down uh, to what you do now. So it's, it's a pretty fun, I feel like, experience playing the NFL. And then you look up and you're, you're like, we got three weeks left. These three weeks will be the most important three weeks of the season. I think that is just a cool concept, and you got to love when the NFL breaks down like that. You never know how it's going to break down. You never know how people's season is going to go. But when you look up and you see it's not like, you know, one or two teams that are just far. It's like, like you said, it's everyone in there. Now, there's maybe two losses that separate, you know, you from being at the top of the uh, NFC or AFC or at the bottom of the hunt. So it's a, a mm-hmm. fun playoff picture to watch. Very true. And, I mean, you played with Tom for a very long time, watching them lose to New Orleans and kind of the offense struggling again since he's been there in Tampa. What is it that New Orleans is doing that is front? I mean, we saw Tom slamming the surface, him going over to the New Orleans sideline, wishing them a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year towards the end of the game. Is there something as you watch that game that New Orleans is doing that is just frustrating Tom in that offense? Uh, I think they talked about it. Cameron Jordan talked about after the game of just the defensive line uh, having a big game. He talked about getting pressure and being able to get to Tom um, with the front four. And I thought they did a good job of that pressuring him. Um, And I think that's what we talk about the play. Like Tom is so intense and going at it because it's that time of the year. So uh, the Saints did a great job of frustrating him. Um, my man uh, Gardner jumping in his face and, and mimicking like that that just gets him fired up more and I think as a as a player on the field you know that like you're like I gotta get to this guy if we can affect Tom in a negative way that maybe you know maybe Tom will still stay on point because you know I've played with him the guy can get fiery and he still be locked in but it's like but if I can get him like this and he yells at somebody else maybe they won't be able to respond the right way and now you got a chance to really get in and make moves but it was tough watching the game I think Tampa you know you you get a string of injuries from your top offensive players the Saints are out there playing without their starting quarterback but they're they're grinding I mean they came out fired up and it's what we always talk about divisional games are tough I don't care what the records are throw them out uh, Tampa was trying to wrap up the division for the first time, I think, since 2007 because the Saints have really done a good job in that division over the last few years. And they're like, all right, we finally get a chance to bury the Saints right now, wrap up the division, and the Saints come out and play a heck of a game after losing, I think, like five of their last seven uh, NFL football at its finest. 
No doubt. I'm hoping it was just an exception to how the Saints have been playing down the stretch. I'm hoping that they get right back on that losing track as the Miami Dolphins head to New Orleans for the Monday night matchup this week. So I'm hoping they got fired up for Tom Division opponent and all that. And maybe they go right back uh, to reality this upcoming week and they allow st- the Miami Dolphins to come in there and get a W. I, I, I think they're still in the hunt, though. I think I don't think they're eliminated. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll be fired up. I, I missed that. Are you guys in New Orleans or in Miami? In New Orleans, we're heading. We're heading there Monday night. Monday night. Oh Monday. Monday. Oh yeah, my bad. That that'll be intense. Yeah, good. Good one. Indeed, Superdome. The Cardinals, who are playing, who are playing tremendous football. Upset, lose to the Rams last week. Then they come in and Detroit just hands it to them. Was up, I think, 17 zip in that game and are able to finish it off and come up with a win. And that's huge for Detroit, a team who has a new coach. And if you can, if you're the Detroit Lions and you can finish the season strong and head into the offseason and continue to add players and do the things necessary, I mean, there's no better feeling because you're like, hey, we're on the right trajectory. We hired the right guy. We have the right staff in place. We're building a culture that we feel like is gonna work and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest I didn't think in Detroit when Dan Campbell came in there and he's biting off kneecaps and all but the one thing that you've seen from Dan Campbell is the emotion and the love that he has for the men in his organization you can see it visible when you're watching the games when you listen to the press conferences you can see how much care there is in that organization and you, I mean, they tied Pittsburgh early. They're, they want to get like they're they're starting to get things going in the right direction. And beating a team like Arizona right now is huge for them. Hopefully, it kind of becomes a snowball effect with three games left in the season. Yeah, you saw the intensity in the locker room post game. I mean, this guy is gonna be a treasure to watch. You know, obviously, like you said, sometimes it's biting kneecaps. Or it's after the first win and dedicating the football uh, to, uh, I can't think of the name, uh, the Oxford um, uh, uh, in Michigan, you know, or, you know, getting another a big win, upsetting the Cardinals uh, and then him coming in the locker room. And, you know, I think that's what you love to see. I think all the time when we watch college sports, we always talk about the intensity of the fans because, you know, the alumni and we talk about the kids having four years and the passion that goes into that. You got to love in a professional setting when you see what you just said, a coach that's in it for the long haul. He wants to rebuild. He wants to do the right thing. And you see the team, you know, you get loss after loss after loss after loss, a tie, a loss, a loss, a win. And now you get another win against one of the top teams in the NFL that can get a team really going. I think we saw it two years ago with Miami. Miami comes in here Mm -hmm. and beats us in 2019. It rolls into 2020 where they get 10 wins in a season. And now you see Miami back, six-game winning streak. It's just about what the team needs, what players need. Everyone needs to win. We all talk about culture. We all talk about what we don't like. New England is that way. This place, everyone loves to win. And you see it. No one liked playing in Detroit. But these last few weeks, they loved it. They're winning. They have a chance in games. That's why we all do what we do in the offseason. We get surgeries. We play through injuries. It's to win. And you got to love to see teams winning out here, teams trying to get on the right track with new coaches and different things like that. Um, And it's great to see this time of year because we do know Black Monday will be creeping on us in just a little while. First thing we'll be talking about in 2022. No doubt about it. And last week we talked about Urban Meyer. And you, you said... 
Money-wise, they will not fire this guy because they're not trying to owe him. The buyout is going to be crazy. Urban Meyer is now doing the tell-it-all interviews because he is gone. He is up out of Jacksonville with a chance for Bevel, the intern, to be able to walk away from the season with more wins than Urban Meyer had. He is gone. Finito finished on his way back to some college campus. What did I tell you? But it also goes to show that I am not a lawyer. I don't I didn't I didn't uh seek out any counsel. I didn't realize that Jacksonville was going with firing Urban with just cause. And with just cause they allowed Just them. cause he kicked somebody. No, just cause. Just cause. It's a term legally. I asked my lawyer friends. They helped me out with this one. So they they said Urban Meyer, see it, won't want to be you. And we're not paying you because you kicked Josh Lambeau. You kicked him. You can't kick players. And that's what they said. So, they I mean, they tried to downplay that. That was the final straw. But with all of the things that have come up, I think it. I think their legal team probably told them, like, hey, I know you don't want to buy another, pay for another coach to come in here and then have this buyout. What if I tell you, you can fire him right now and not pay him the rest of that money? They were like, what? I'm out of here. Yeah, he, like was, he, was, he was gone as soon as he made that trip uh, to Columbus after that Thursday night game. It was only a matter of time. But like you said, the only mm. thing that could have saved his job was winning. And that is not what they've been able to do this season. Winning cures all oh, in yes. this production business. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are. Winning cures all. All it is just the way it is. Now he'll just have the pick. He'll have the pick of whatever the top schools are that need a coach, and he'll be right back. Or he'll yeah, take. Or he'll take. Or he'll take some time off, enjoy the money he made for thirteen games, and then come back to coaching in college if he chooses to. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, and it's just chaos everywhere. COVID yes. is back ramped up. We have games rescheduled again. We feel like we're back in 2020 when we were doing so well. We're trying but to move game. to 2022. What's going I on? I know, I know, but the games are rescheduled, but no fear, protocols have changed. See no COVID, hear no COVID, test no COVID. There is no COVID. The protocols have changed. Vaccinated players, you don't have to test. Unvaccinated players, you do have to test. If you test positive, you have to have the one negative PCR. Then you can do multiple, multiple rapids and you can get back on that game field. But I do think as much as and crazy as all of this protocol stuff is, and this person said that, that person said that, I will say the NFL, the NFLPA have been in constant communication to be able to rectify and change whatever protocols we have in place as the landscape changes. The one thing we do know with COVID is there's a lot of unknowns. And the more things we start to figure out and that we do start to know, our protocols and things are changing. So I do commend them because you can't just say, hey, we're doing it this way and we're not gonna change. As things have changed for us in society, we've tried to change them in the game to be able to 
continue to be safe, but still be able to put a product on the field that is endured by that is adored by fans and that we all love to do. So I do think it's been it's been cool. And I think with the new variant is why you're seeing these protocols start to change with our demographic of young players that are healthy, uh, guys that are testing positive. Obviously, if they have symptoms and they're sick, they're staying home. But as guys start to become asymptomatic and then they they're just not making an astringent, but you still have to test negative to return to play. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta hope that this is gonna continue to help us be able to finish the season strong in a healthy way. Yeah, but what is your take on, so I agree with you, you gotta change these things, stay up with what's going on. But the thought coming into the season, you saw a lot of players angry about this, was there would be no post moment of games. And now you have teams playing on a Tuesday night and then they'll have to play again on Sunday. So what is your thought? I know last year we did it. We played Monday night and we got on that plane, flew to Kansas City, got off the plane, had a quick lunch, drove to the stadium and played the game. Crazy experience. Now guys are like, hey, why do we have to adjust our game schedule? Because that team is dealing with COVID in a higher rate or, you know, it's all throughout their building. When coming into the season, it was told to us that will be a forfeit of game or you throw whoever you can out there. What is your take did did we handle that as a league in the NFLPA the right way? Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, you got you have to have players out there to be able to play in games. There was an NBA game on the other day where there were twenty four players in their health and safety protocol. There's only. 15 guys on each team. That's 30 total. 24 guys. We're just going grabbing. Oh, 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 bring him up. Bring him up. As an NFL team, it's just impossible. When you have 25, 28 guys that are all in COVID protocol, how are you going to be able to put a product together on the field to be able for, to, for guys to play? Because think about it. If you, if you have an outbreak at your, at your facility and there's 20 to 30 guys who all have COVID, you go sign another 10 guys to go play in the game and you're bringing them into an environment where COVID is now running rampant. We see this when COVID hits and these outbreaks start each day, we're adding more players to the COVID list. So how can we bring more players into an environment that we know is filled with positives and hope that they're not too going to end up positive and be on the COVID list as well? You have to shut it down for a few days, let it run its course and then playing the game, not only for the health and safety of the players, but so that we can watch a good football game. But shout out to the Cleveland Browns with their third string quarterback went in there and battled the Raiders and ended up losing by two in a tough game. And that's a lot of playoff stuff coming out of that game. So yeah, let's postpone it and make sure teams can put their best foot forward. It's just, it is what it is. Blame COVID. Hey, big shout out to Garrett Gilbert was on our practice squad, flown to Washington. Uh, football team, and I believe he is still on Game pace to, to start uh, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, big game for him. Practice squad in New England. Couple practices, couple walkthroughs, ready to sling that thing. So shout out my man GG Garrett Gilbert, ready to shine. Can't beat that. What's popping in? What, what's happening in the group chat, J Matt? What we got going? Oh, let's start off with this in the group chat. Chris Godwin takes a pretty nasty hit by PJ Williams. Uh, Monday, yeah. Sunday night football, um, where he's coming across the middle on kind of a crossing route. P.J. Williams goes low, 
catches the knee kind of right in that like sweet spot of that what you hate to see yeah. as an athlete watching and then it was confirmed that Godwin will be out for the year uh, with a torn ACL and during the game they talked about it how players go out there and they say they'd rather get hit high than get hit low because it's, it's their career when they get hit low but we have seen over the last few years getting hit high and the head traumas and that's not good either. What what was the take on that in your group chat? Yeah, I, we had different opinions as we were watching this. Because for me, I'm watching it, and I see P.J. Williams come up, and he makes a cut tackle uh, to get Godwin down on the ground. And as I'm watching it, it's, an, it's, a, it's a legal play. And for a lot of guys, that is the way some guys tackle. Some guys are guys that, hey, I'm going full speed, and I'm shooting through a guy's thigh board to get him down on the ground. Because you see some of these guys, a Leonard Fournette, even Chris Godwin is a big, strong receiver who's really good run after the catch so for some of these guys you can't hit them up high because they bounce off and they keep going so for a lot of times you got to attack a guy and get him around the legs to get him down on the ground and I say all that to say you never want to see a guy get hit and get injured if, if as a defensive player if I knew if I go hit this guy and on this very play he's going to tear his ACL then I would hit him in a way that he doesn't tear his ACL but we don't have the luxury of knowing that so as a defensive back I'm doing everything I can to put my team in a best position to win a game a guy comes across on a third down I don't want him to pick up any extra yards it's a legal hit it's the right play to make coming down across the middle to get a guy on the ground we know how hard it is to make these tackles with how good some of these receivers are and you hate to see Godwin out for the year who's having a tremendous year who's playing on a franchise tag so you hate to see it because this is a guy who has done more than earn his money as one of the top paid wide receivers in the league and it just is very unfortunate to see him go down with that injury. But that's to no fault of P.J. Williams, who's making a play to get his team off the field on third down. Yeah, I will say you hate to see it. And I wish he would have hit him in an angle where it wasn't right at the knee. I just don't like when I see guys hit right at the knee. I get going through the thigh board. I've, I've been a guy and I've done that multiple times in my career. It just really when you see the shoulder pad go right at the knee. Not a pretty sight to see, but I will say league rules make this the best way to hit a guy and not cost your team. When you try to hit a guy in certain areas, if you're not perfect, it will cost your team 15 yards. And we saw that in the Chicago Bears game. Even where if you a guy, are perfect. Yeah, that is true. We saw that with, uh, what was that? Was that Harrison Smith or no, Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you just hit him too hard. And we saw in the Chicago game, a guy shoots his elbow through the pocket where the receiver's catching the ball. It's clean through. But his momentum as he shoots through hits the guy's helmet. 15-yard penalty. And, I mean, the yeah. first thing he led with was hand through the pocket. Um, so, I think the rules and how close they call it. And uh, you hate to say this, but when it's not called on intention or these type of hits, and it's just based purely off if your helmet touches the other guy's helmet, or if your shoulder pad touches the guy's helmet, or if your elbow slash forearm touches the guy, like that is tough. So I, I do agree with you to the sense of PJ Williams is going to make a play in a bang bang situation, and he's doing what he thinks is best for his team to get a guy down. Uh, but prayers up for Chris Godwin to have a speedy recovery yeah. and be back to the form he's played at throughout the early part of his career. Yeah, a receiver goes down in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans goes down as well, but. 
Help is on the way. Antonio Brown's three-game suspension is up. And I loved what Bruce Arians had to say about it. They brought up an old press conference where when they signed Antonio Brown, he said, this guy has one shot, one mess up, and he's out the door. They said, what changed? And he simply said it, history has changed. We had a whole season with this guy. We got to see him make those improvements to do what he needed to do to stay on this team and help bring the city a Super Bowl. And then they asked him, but what do you say to the people that are going to bring up this old press conference and say, one more chance and you still have him? He said, I don't give up. When you're winning as a coach, you get to say what you want. And what he should have said to them was, hey, Chris Godwin's out. Mike Evans is hurt. Leonard Fournette is hurt. You think we're going to let this guy go? We want to win games. It's about winning. We need this guy. He is going to be out there. Fake vaccine card or not, he's going to be out there balling, catching passes. I wonder, is he vaccinated now? How does that work? He was suspended for three weeks, so did he get the shot or not? Shout out AB, said he was going to show his vaccination card, quickly deleted that tweet, got up out of that. We don't need that from him. Your back suspension's <laughs> over. Just go play football. Don't worry about that. And I agree with you. I love what Bruce Arians said. B.A. coming through with the I don't give a boop. I, I mean, he's right. Go win football games. Like you said, that is the name of the game. So Tampa will hopefully look to get back on track. Uh, they'll have a battle with Carolina, Tom Brady versus Cam Newton. Cam Newton replaces Tom Brady. In New England a year ago, now they face yeah. off in a heated divisional ratchet. No, they don't face off. That's a nice rebound game for Tampa to play after playing New Orleans. They'll walk away from the Carolina game with a win and hopefully get back on track. That's not us. It's not. Don't hype that game. Tampa Bay right. will win well, well, here's another special thing. Frank Gore, NFL legend, fights Deron Williams, NBA legend. Uh, two of the, two Street players. Street fight. Have, Street fight. Two players consistently through their career, tough matchups. Tackling Frank Gore was tough. Guarding Deron Williams was tough. They go at it. Do we call these like celebrity fights? I don't know. Like these, they go at it in a pretty intense fight. I was about to say that didn't look like that didn't look like some of these other fights where it's just like they get fatigued. Like it's just like I mean, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it live. I mean, it was on pay per view in the way my bank account set up. I don't really pay for pay per view, so I got to see the highlights. I mean, they're they're pushing. I mean, at one point, I thought Frank Gore thought his quarterback threw an interception. I thought he was about to scoop him and make a tackle. But I mean, these guys went at it, and me and you both sat and we said, "Man, Frank Gore, like Frank Gore, he's definitely gonna win this thing." And it was a good fight. I heard up until Deron Williams was able to come up with the win. I mean, I don't. But he was pushing him. He pushed him out the ring, though. I'm like, what is? I what know. Am I That's watching? what I thought. But I will say it has been a treat to watch when Chad Johnson fought, then Deron Williams and Frank Gore, watching these guys show that they can be super talented in another sport. I will not recommend that. I would not recommend playing a lifetime full sport like that, basketball or football, and then jumping to boxing. Seems kind of tough. But you talk about longevity. Frank Gore played, what was it, 16, 17 seasons as an NFL running back, unheard of. LeBron James has now entered into a new territory. He is now played in the NBA for a half of his life. Think about that. Half of his life was in the NBA. You know the numbers. What was it? 6,000 and something days? 6,000 and something days from birth to draft and then another 6,000. The same exact. 
from draft till this past week. So, I mean, just an incredible feat. I mean, to think, and not only that, I mean, it kind of says he's old, but at the same time, when you turn Definitely. the games on, this guy is still playing at an MVP level. You start like, how is he doing this? Half of his life, that's just such an accomplishment. I mean, this, this guy came in extremely young to be drafted. Half of his life, 18, and is now to still be doing it and playing at such a high level. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's a role model to so many people. What he does on the court, off the court, is just extremely impressive. He's starting and creating his own records and then breaking them. So, um, Pretty soon we'll probably see him playing against his son and we'll start to talk about a whole new level of LeBron James stuff that he's done. So pretty, Shout out pretty, pretty daggone impressive. Shout out Bronny. And just to put in perspective of what LeBron's doing, right now averaging uh, 25.9 points a game, 37 minutes, uh, 6.6 rebounds and 6.8 assists, 1.7 steals and one block a game. And the other half of his life as he still enters and plays in the NBA. Utterly remarkable. But Bronny will remarkable. get after him if he stays, sticks around to have to cover Bronny. Bronny going to dunk. No him. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Man, Trevon Diggs said the Cowboys' best defense. You feel that way? I mean, you guys are playing some good ball. Doesn't Cow- matter. Doesn't matter. Only, only people care about is the team that plays the best defense in the last game of the year. No one else cares about the best defense. Heard it here first. But he is balling, 10 interceptions. I mean, Xavier Howard just did that. Is that going to be a new thing in the NFL now because of how much teams throw the ball? Are we going to see more guys just teeter around the double digit? I mean, Xavier Howard had 10 last year. JC had nine. And then JC follows it up with like, I think JC has seven right now, which is a, a ridiculous two-year span. of. I mean, he's having a ridiculous four-year span of football, period. But just a ridiculous two-year span of football, uh, I mean, 16, like, that's ridiculous. But are, you think we'll see that more now? I think so. There's so much more passing. And some of these guys are, are, are just so good. I mean, like you, you just threw out uh, JC, like, to have nine and seven. I mean, he has the most interceptions since he's been in the NFL. And, I mean, X, I think he has five now, two or something like that. He has a, a forced fumble. Some of these guys, I just feel like, are such ball hawks. Like, even you watch Trevon Diggs in Dallas – is he the best man-to-man shut down a number one receiver corner in the league? I don't think so. But he's extremely good at what he's really good at. And I think that's what, when you start to compare and you start to look at these guys, man, guys are figuring out ways. How am I going to be able to use what I'm really good at to go out there and help my team? Trevon Diggs has been one of the best corners in the NFL, if not the best corner in the NFL this year, because he's taking the ball away. And I don't care if you get, if somebody double moves them and they score a touchdown on them. When you play cornerback, it's not going to be perfect every single play. I don't care if he's a zone corner and he's not playing as much man as a J.C. Jackson or a Stephon Gilmore or Xavier Howard. This guy is going out there. And if you get 10 takeaways, 10 takeaways, those are all opportunities for your team to put up points and to demoralize to demoralize the other team's offense. There's no greater impact. I mean, shout out to Richard Sherman. This guy's done it for his entire career. Just continue to get interception after interception. So, I mean, it's been impressive, and you won't say it, but yes, the Dallas Cowboys are the best defense in the NFL right now. They are playing lights out with a rookie of the year, and Trevon Diggs intercepting the ball. They have been all over the place, and that's no slight to the New England Patriots. They're balling on defense as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm, I'm just telling you, that is the key. In 2019, we had the best defense by numbers, all of that towards Number the end of one. the season. 
and went down a little bit, and we lost in the playoffs. So that best defense they didn't even play in the last game of the year. No one cares. Let's get to our favorite time of the week. The Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome. Keeping it moment awesome. of the week. This is a this was a tough this was a tough decision, but ultimately I felt like one of the guys I was gonna give this to, I feel like he will have a better keeping it awesome moment later to come uh, as he climbs back to the top. But the keeping it awesome moment I went with Tiger and Charlie Woods. They were out there playing in the golf tournament, they came in second. But it had nothing to do about where they came in. It was watching these two on the golf course. Charlie sinks a putt. He picks up the what's in there and he flips it to his dad. Just the swag, just the the back and forth between them two. It was like you were really watching a younger Tiger. But I would say even a younger Tiger that already has a little oomph to him. I felt like Tiger was young, didn't know his dad helped him navigate his mom and dad. This guy was like, man, I already know my dad's the GOAT. I'm here now. And I love to see it. Love to see it. I I mean, I think everyone loves to see Tiger back on the golf course. And then it's not in a way where it's competing in the majors. and, And maybe he'll get back to that. But he's paying the game forward to his son. I think that ultimately is the best thing as a person. A lot of people as fans, we don't think about that. We only think about, will we see this person? We'll see this man or this woman get back to form and win. But like for him, I'm sure there's no better feeling than watching his son walk up there and do something that he's done time and time again. And watching his son do it has to be a remarkable feeling. So shout out to the Woods family Dan O'Brien, keep it a moment, awesome of the week. We're going to send you guys a car. Right, Dan? Maybe not. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Uh, but, man, won and lost the weekend. We're going to start with who lost the weekend. This is an easy one. Tyron Woodley, he lost the weekend. The fight against Jake Paul, everybody's anticipating. Somebody wants to see one of these Paul brothers get knocked out. They're rooting for him, but secretly everybody's like, please, somebody Somebody. knock one of these guys out. But it did not happen. Woodley's there, drops the left, the punch comes in, and he fell and hit that mat. And it was just one of those hits where you just like, oh, my goodness, please let him be okay. Stop it. Knock Stop it. out Cole. No fear, though. No fear. Le'Veon Bell did say after this fight, he's tired of watching this. If this guy wants to really fight someone, here <laughs> he is. He said, I am him. I'm ready to go. So we have to keep an eye on that. Will Jake Paul fight Le'Veon Bell going forward? Uh, and if they do, Le'Veon Bell better be ready because these Paul brothers, better be ready. they they out here now. They they out here. Who we got? Who won the weekend? Won the weekend. I'm going to Isaiah Thomas. This guy, we once saw him at an MVP caliber in the NBA, went through some troubles in, in Boston with the Celtics. Uh, gets traded to Cleveland, kind of bounces around, but he's back in the NBA. He got signed to the Denver Nuggets uh, G League affiliate team, and he got there, and he just went all points, points, points. And then the Lakers signed him. Yes, Lakers signed him to a 10-day contract. So Isaiah Thomas, 
IT is back in the NBA, which is awesome to see. Everybody wants to see the little guy win. And I this mean, guy did, is a walking bucket. So And he got to back to that. the Lakers. First night he plays, 19 points off the bench. I think it was like five or seven. Didn't miss many shots. They got blown out. So, But a very, uh, a very good game for Isaiah Thomas. So we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. Shout out IT. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Keep it going. Man, appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week. I want to say once again, wish you guys a merry, merry Christmas. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the loved ones. That's what this time is about. Happy birthday to our guy, Jesus. And you guys just continue to enjoy each other and continue to pass on those blessings. You guys know you can catch us each and every week. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe, double coverage with the McCourty Twins and check us out on social media at McCourty Twins, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We will see you guys next week bringing in the new year. Enjoy your family, guys. Have a good one. Special cookie maker, you see me.